You're listening to the spiciest fantasy basketball podcast with the hottest takes. I'm joined by co-host Michael Guyman. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. And today we have a jam-packed episode for you full of some trade analysis, some injury updates, some who's hot, who's not, and a preview of the upcoming week in fantasy basketball. Without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. All right, and before we dive in, just like to quickly acknowledge the death of Kobe Bryant, NBA legend, Hall of Famer. It's never fun to see anyone, but especially an NBA legend, die. You know, condolences to the Bryant family and the families of the other victims that were involved in the helicopter crash that happened on Sunday, January 26th. Just an absolute tragedy, and you always hate to see something like this happen. Yeah, even when you just said that there, it just didn't not it didn't sound real. It was just sounds fake and made believe, like dreamlike. I just I still can't really fathom it. So it's gonna take a couple of days to digest. Just uh, extremely unfortunate and kind of shocked. So yeah, uh, Kobe will be missed. And the NBA was actually considering stopping all of the games on Sunday in remembrance of Kobe and just to let some of the players digest what had happened because he is a friend and mentor to several of the players that are still currently in the league. And so obviously they had to be shook by the news. Yeah, Kyrie didn't play. Kyrie didn't play today. So just things like that. But And it was reported that that was likely the reason why Kyrie didn't play. He heard of the news and just left the building, and nobody heard from him. <laughs> sort of a Kyrie thing to do, but, yeah. you know, we'll cut him a break here. <laughs> True. Yep. All right. But we are going to talk over, since the last podcast we've done, there have been a few trades. Nothing really too major, but it's worth acknowledging. First one, and this is honestly probably the most considerable one, and this will show you how minor all these trades have been. But the Hawks got Jeff Teague back from the Wolves. The Wolves gave up Alan Crabb. The Hawks, or the Wolves did also include Travion Graham with Jeff Teague. Um, I'd say this probably hurts Teague the most. Teague was already headed towards drop territory. He is firmly entrenched in drop territory now, but... Uh, the Wolves had been leaning towards Jarrett Culver in that starting lineup anyways. And Shabazz Napier, you know, he's been playing a lot of point guard too. You still got Wiggins there, Robert Covington, and just Jeff Teague was not really getting the minutes that, you know, a starting point guard you'd like to see getting. And, you know, he was down in that 20 to 25-minute range. He will probably remain in that 20 to 25-minute range, backing up Trey Young if not even less. Um, but yeah, Travion Graham and Alan Crabb didn't have any value anyway, so there's nothing really to talk about there. But yeah, Teague, who is already a fringe guy in a 12 or 10-man league, is definitely a drop in a 10 or 12-man league. Uh, next trade, and I don't, you know, I don't really know if any of these guys have any 12 or 10 team league relevancy but the Blazers uh, they sent Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver and two second round picks to the Kings for Trevor Trevor Ariza, Wenyan, Gabrielle and Caleb Swanigan and so yeah I mean Bazemore and Ariza are the only two players of any significance in this trade and, you know, I think Bazemore just goes to having a 20-minute bench roll on the Kings. Uh, the Blazers are probably going to start Ariza at small forward. We'll see how that goes. But he's going to be the fifth option on that team and probably not do a whole lot more than he was doing on the Kings. 
Anything to add, Michael? Oh, yeah, CJ McCollum's uh, hurt currently. So Trevor Rizzo's first game with uh, Portland is 21 points, two steals, two assists, and seven rebounds. I feel like everyone would like to have a little bit of that. But um, I don't expect it to continue, but definitely a top you know, fifth option guy, as Adam mentioned. But uh, as long as CJ's out, and uh, if you're feeling like a betting person, you could gamble Trevor Ariza, but nothing too significant overall. Yeah, yeah, and well, while CJ's out, like Michael said, it definitely wouldn't hurt to take a flyer on Ariza, but I just, long-term, I wouldn't expect to see much different numbers than what he was doing with the Kings. Uh, next trade... Um, we're actually not going to do any analysis on this because it doesn't matter. I'm just going to tell you who was traded. Mm-hmm. The Thunder traded Justin Patton to the Mavericks for Isaiah Roby. Next trade, uh, and this will lead us into our next segment uh, with injury analysis. Um, but the Mavericks, they acquired Willie Cauley-Stein from the Golden State Warriors for a second-round pick. Um, if you haven't heard by now, Dwight Powell blew out his Achilles. He's done for the year. So Mavericks get Willie Cauley-Stein for just the second-round pick. I don't think that this really enhances Willie Cauley-Stein's value. I think he is going to go into that backup role. I think Kleber gets the bulk of the minutes and is a must-add player in 12- and 10-man leagues. Uh, but I don't see him getting the same minutes that Powell got just because he's not as good. And I think the Mavericks, they have a certain way that they like to play that Kleber fits very well. And so I just see Collie Stein as more of a you know 15 to 20 minute guy who the Mavericks will utilize in certain situations where Collie Stein's defense will be of use. Uh, anything to add there, Michael? Oh, not really, but Kleber is, uh, like we mentioned in the last podcast, still getting consistent amount of blocks, so just always keep that in mind, but nothing too significant overall with that trade. I don't think Willie is going to make a big impact, and yeah, these are kind of just blah players. And when we talked about Kleber being a guy to add, that was before this news of Dwight Powell's injury, so Kleber, and we'll mention him when we talk about who's hot who's not because spoiler alert he's going to be in the hot section again he is a must add player if you are in a 12 or 10 man league all right now we're going to talk about injuries all right we're talking injuries now this is not a fully comprehensive list we're not going to talk about every single injury that happened there's so many players that you know deal with minor injuries here and there on every team so we are going to try to focus on mostly players that will have relevancy in 10 12 man leagues or you know even some might stretch out into 14 man leagues but we're mostly just going to focus on players that are going to be relevant to most fantasy basketball leagues. So first injury we're going to talk about, Laurie Markkinen on the Bulls. Looks like he's going to be out for four to six weeks. Terrible news for the Bulls as, you know, he is part of that future there with Zach Levine. Um, if Thad Young is on a waiver wire, you could take a look at him, take a flyer on him, see if... You know, he's able to give you a little bit of value while Markinen's out. Um, you know, Daniel Gafford, before he got hurt, he would have been an interesting guy to look at. But, you know, since he's hurt too, not really a whole lot there. Wendell Carter Jr. is hurt too. So, you know, they're really thin in that backcourt. Wendell Carter Jr., they gave an update. He is still you know, probably a month away from returning from his ankle injury. It was pretty gruesome, so I wouldn't expect them to be rushing Wendell Carter Jr. back with, you know, his age and where the Bulls are at. Um, so, yeah, with Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. both hurt for, you know, probably at least another month, you know, really any any big in that Chicago backcourt you should be looking at because they're just going to get minutes. Uh, I know Luke Cornett, he's been playing quite a bit too recently, but I'd say Thad Young and Luke Cornett, those are probably your two guys to look at, at least initially. 
Oh uh, yeah, moving on. We have everyone's first rounder pick. If you have him, I know you've been struggling this year, uh, Joel Embiid. But um, it's a like good and bad news. The um, bad news is he's always he was getting hurt and having games like zero points. That was weird. But no, he should uh, hopefully. The good news is he should be back. Uh, hopefully, their next game against Golden State on Tuesday, uh, the twenty eighth. But if even if he doesn't play that game, he should be coming back anytime soon, hopefully this week. So if you have him, welcome back and bead. And on top of that, Josh Richardson uh, has been hurt too. What is he out, a month or something like that? Yeah, I believe he's similar to Markkinen. It should be like a four- to six-week thing. Um, I believe with Josh Richardson it was his hamstring. Um, yeah, he, he'll be out. If it wasn't his hamstring, it was his groin. But I know it, timetable is at least four weeks and so he kind of in a tough spot with Richardson because he's obviously good enough to where you just can't drop him obviously if your league has an IR you got to throw him on IR if it doesn't then you need to talk to your league commissioner and get better rules because your league should have an IR (laughs) yeah um, do you think Ben Simmons will take a hit? Because he's been scoring a lot without, you know, beat him being out. Um, I know Richard's only missed a game or two, but uh, and, um, Ben Simmons' scoring has increased. I mean, he hasn't seen below 20. He's only seen below 20 once in the last six games. you think that will matter when he comes back? Um, uh, I, I don't think he really hurts uh, Simmons too much because, you know, Embiid comes back, but Richardson's out now. True. So I think really, you know, what happens is a lot of the wings in Philly, like Furkan Korkmaz and Matisse Thibel, who've been getting a, l- a little bit extra minutes when Richardson's out, their value is going to continue to elevate. And I know Korkmaz in particular, he has been playing really well recently. Um yeah, then the big rotation in Philadelphia obviously changes when Embiid comes back because they had shifted Al Horford down to center and then, you know, based everything around that. So now with Horford moving back to power forward, you're not going to have as many power forward minutes available with, you know, both Embiid and Al Horford playing 30 minutes a night at those two spots. So... Yeah, if you're a big in that uh, Philadelphia rotation, which really is just Mike Scott outside of Embiid and Horford, you know, then every now and then you get a little Kylo Quinn. But, uh, yeah, so Mike Scott, his minutes are going to go down. And he's, I mean, he's even with Embiid hurt, he Mike Scott wasn't fantasy relevant, but... Now he's absolutely not fantasy relevant. Um, next, let's uh, let's take a look at the Clippers. Uh, I know we got Paul George, who's been out with that hamstring. Nobody really knows when he's going to return because they keep saying, like, oh, he has a chance to return next game, and then he just doesn't. But it doesn't seem like anything too serious with Paul George. Uh, hopefully it's you know just a game or two, and then he's back. But there's really not a whole lot of clarity on that. Um, Next guy, we've probably already mentioned, uh, but we're talking about John Isaac. Uh, He is probably going to miss the whole season. And that stinks because he was having such a good year. There isn't really a clear beneficiary from Isaac's injury. You know, Kem Birch has gotten a little bit of increased run. So is Waza one do. But... Outside, I mean, neither of those two are fantasy relevant, so it hasn't really made a whole lot of a difference. It's pretty much a straight minute split at that position. Um, Also on the Magic, DJ Augustine, he's probably going to be out for two to four weeks. And with him being out, that means Markel Fultz is going to play 30-plus minutes a game, which is huge. And I imagine, you know, just because of the name, Fultz probably wasn't on too many waiver wires, but if he was, definitely go pick Fultz up because he is going to ball out with DJ Augustine being hurt. And speaking of balling out, we have Jason Tatum. He's been on a tear uh, this season and definitely as of lately, but he's missed the last two games uh, with a groin injury. Uh, nothing doesn't look anything too serious, but you'd hate to see that at the back end of a matchup. One of your big boys goes down, and um, that could have cost you the week. So just... 
No one's really safe out there. But uh, Jason Tatum, you don't want to go into next week with him hurt. So just something to keep an eye out on. And next guy, Nerlens Noel, he had surgery on his left cheek. And he's missed Sunday's game. Um, or no, that would have been uh, Saturday's game. Yeah, he didn't play he Sunday, missed Saturday's right? game. And they haven't really set a clear timetable. And just the way they worded it seemed like he might just miss that one game no, and then he, have be, a mask. But Yeah, he'll be reevaluated next week. So okay, so at least a week. Yeah, so he'll for sure miss uh, yeah, a week of some contest for you there. So, um, and they don't have a, you know, a lot of players down low like that. So maybe that'll incentivize Steven Adams to kind of play a little more. Yeah. And Nerlens is a really interesting guy because he, in my opinion, was 12-team relevant, even playing behind Steven Adams just because of the defensive stats, the elite percentages, and the solid rebounding. To me, that's enough to own him in a 12-man league. Uh, tough to hold him here because he's sort of a fringe guy. If your IR spots are already full or you don't have an IR, probably have to drop in that situation. But, yeah, Nerland's Noel, tough to see. Um, next guy is James Harden, and he didn't play Sunday due to a thigh bruise. Might not play Monday either. Just a thigh bruise, though. I'll hold my tongue when I say that, though, because Chris Middleton missed a month earlier this year with a thigh bruise, but does not look like the same sort of deal. Should just be a game, maybe two games, and that should be it. Yeah, I think it's more of a maintenance check. However, uh, he's, I don't want to say slumped, but the game before that, you know, we got 12 points. Uh, sure, you got your three blocks and all that, but he's not going to do that every night. Um, people are talking about how he's uh, been on a shooting slump with his field goal percentage lately. I can't see how a thigh could uh, really impact that much, but I'm also not a professional athlete. But, again, I kind of think it'd be something, you know, you want to keep an eye on. But, I don't know, more of a maintenance check. Maybe he needs a little break, uh, get back to where uh, he started out the year in. And the next guy just can't catch a break. Malcolm Brogdon, dude, is hurt all the time this year, it seems. So after he just came back from... I can't remember if it was the back, groin, or hamstring this time because all three areas. Well, it's a concussion this time. Yeah, this time it's a concussion. Um, but this this was literally in the game after coming back from another injury. Mm. He he got hurt again with a concussion, and so he you know concussion. He's probably gonna miss a week or two. Well, you should, uh, if you need assists, T.J. McConnell has been killing it lately. He's been getting so many assists, and I likely think most of it is his playing time increasing from Brogdon. So if you uh, need some assists or anything like that, check out McConnell and uh, pay attention to Brogdon's status. And Aaron Holiday is another guy yes. to look at, too, on that Indiana team when uh, when Brogdon misses time. Uh, next guy, uh, we already talked about one of his teammates but Ennis Cantor uh looks like he is set to miss a little bit of time with a hip injury don't really know too much about the timetable but uh you know they've been ruling him out recently yeah they uh say he'll be reevaluated tomorrow which will be Monday the 27th and uh Boston's next chance to play is uh Tuesday so uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow but it's kind of like a coin flip, I think. I don't know, a hip injury. But just something to pay attention to. Yeah, and if he does miss extended time, Daniel Tice would be your ad there as him and Cantor are pretty much in a minute split at that center position. Uh, next guy, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, he's missed a lot of time with a finger injury. So I don't know when he's going to be back. He's kind of that, remember, when you, if you don't have Towns earlier in the year, They'd be like, he's going to play this and hasn't played. Same with other players. They're not really saying, hey, he's out for a week or two. Like, no, it could be any game you're kind of trying to pay attention and see if he's going to play or not. So um, I'd like to think any minute for him, but his fingers, I don't know, it hurts him. My fingers hurt. <laughs> and next guy would be R.J. Barrett. Really tough because when he got hurt, he had been on a roll. You know, if you would have taken me three weeks back, I probably would have said, you know, it's time to cut bait with R.J. Barrett because he just he was murdering your percentages and just not doing enough. 
in those other categories to make it worth it. And, you know, he started turning that around, and then he's hit with this injury. I think if your IRs are full, Mm. it's not good enough to hold. But if you have an IR, obviously you stash. Yeah, if you if you're full, that just is tough because he's supposed to be reevaluated in a week. He's on a, a walking boot right now, so it's a whole matchup. We're coming close to the end of the season, kind of. You know, it's not uh, ending any later, but um, yeah, about another week for him. Yeah, and yeah, part of part of the strategy too when you're you know, going over injuries and, you know, do I keep this player? Do I not? You just have to be conscious of where you are in the standings. If you're at the bottom of the standings or the top and you're fighting to win your division because there might be some prize money for division winners or you're just fighting to make the playoffs, you have to be more aggressive in, you know, letting go of players when they get hurt because you have to, you have to get put everything you have towards winning right now yeah even players like Paul Millsap there's no timetable and he's on that fringe of like you know his name's valuable I know he gets the minutes kind of you know a guy like him the veteran but is he if you're not in the best shape do you drop him it's just it's hard to do that but sometimes you gotta uh get risky and and on the other side of that coin if you're a middling team and Mm -hmm. You know, what you do the rest of the season doesn't really affect much. You know, you're going to make the playoffs, but you're not going to win your division. That's when you're in the position to just stash these these players that get hurt, that these teams that are trying to win their division or trying just to make the playoffs end up having to drop. Just go ahead, pick them up, sit them on your roster. doesn't matter if you lose, but if you get them back healthy and productive before the fantasy playoffs – that's what it's all about. Man, it's got to suck for play- people who have Blake Griffin out there. Uh, I'm just really sorry because, like, last year he won his best years of his career, and then this year just probably out for the whole season. That's, you know, he's a high-valuable pick, top four easy rounds, you know, and just losing, like, players like that. It's just unfortunate. You're kind of holding on, waiting for news, and then now you find out he's getting uh, orthopedic su- uh, surgery. So it's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. It's just so many injuries, man. And that's you never like to see that. Um, also, before we wrap up injuries, uh, along with Paul Millsap, you got Jamal Murray who had a pretty big ankle sprain, and I would imagine he'll probably be out for another two to three weeks. There is no firm timetable, according to the Nuggets. They've listed him as questionable in a few games, but if you saw the injury, I mean, he's probably not so close to coming back um last guys were sean holmes uh they found something in his shoulder and you know he'll be out for another week or so um doesn't seem like anything too serious he'll definitely be back before the fantasy playoffs but you're going to be getting close there but holmes has been playing so well so you have to keep him if you got him. Yeah, over a block and steal a game, but he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks. So you'll get him just reevaluated, but he should be fine then. You get him right before the playoffs start. So, but yeah, you should probably hold him unless you're desperate, desperate, because you let a guy like that go, he's immediately <laughs> going to be right back. Um, so next on the thing is um, injured players that we all already knew that were injured, but are finally coming back. You, you know, we had Zion last week, and uh, man, did he show how good he is in that short amount of time played. But uh, Oladipo for the uh, Pacers, uh, he s- said he planned to come back to 29th uh, to play against the Bulls. So if you have uh, picked up Oladipo, you finally get to you know, enjoy him at the last uh, half of the fantasy season here. Yeah, that'll be Wednesday, and hopefully we get Oladipo from two years ago. You know, I don't know that we can expect that, but that would just be the hope. And, you know... Obviously, if if he is a free agent, you go and you pick him up. I would think he would have been scooped up by now if he wasn't initially drafted. But, yeah, Oladipo back Wednesday. That'll be nice. Um, Next guy, actually, we'll we'll package these together because they play for the same team. Um, But next two guys, C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic. So McCollum, we're recording this before. Um, the Blazers game on Sunday 
So I don't know for sure, but he said that he was going to be playing in yeah. today's game. Um, so assuming that happens, CJ McCollum is back. Um, the other player, Yusuf Nurkic, practiced, and I believe Damian Lillard either tweeted about it or put something about it on his Instagram. It was one of the two. Um, but yeah, Yusuf Nurkic had a full practice the other day, and so I would be expecting him back sometime mid-February. Yeah, and they're in win-now mode too. Uh, they know they're a playoff team. The expectations are probably you know go to Western Conference Finals in their mind, if not beyond that. I know they have the, the talent potential too, so they're going to want to um, get everyone going back, getting into the usual form of things, and start winning some games uh, finally when healthy. And um, also watch out. I'm curious how Trevor Ariza plays tonight with McCollum coming back. I don't, even if he's on a minute restriction, I'm I'm curious because uh, Ariza is a free agent a, a lot out there. And, you know, I know him in Melo, same kind of role, but he had a good game last time. So I'm curious to see what he does with uh, McCollum back. And the last guy is Steph Curry, and we don't really have an exact timetable. March but, 1st. March 1st. Okay, March 1st. But, yeah, Curry did officially announce, like, he is going to return this season, which yeah. if you drafted him in the first round and have been eating it all year, I'm sure you love to hear that. Oh, yeah, he's got to come back. I mean, he's not, not like an Achilles or knee stuff. It's his hand. I know you shoot with your hand, but, like, he'll be fine. Um, I'm just curious if it's going to make Draymond any more valuable. He's Draymond's like, man, he doesn't play every game. Yeah, he'll get you eight assists, ten rebounds here and there. I'm curious um, if this makes him – I don't think it'll make him worse. I know that. But I wonder if he'll get better back to what uh, people expected him to be this season. But, yeah, having Curry back, uh, I'm like the worst team in the league. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's going to be fun. I'm, I like to have him back. But, um, yeah, if you've been eating it all year, <laughs> it's about time you get him back. Yes, it is. All right, now we're going to do some who's hot, who's not. All right, time for some who's hot, who's not. We're going to go over some players that if they're hot, that might be somebody who you'd like to add in your league. If they're not, it might be somebody who you might have been holding on to that maybe it's time to drop or somebody you might be considering adding off free agency that you might want to stay away from. This list is not fully comprehensive. There are going to be players that you could add that we're not going to mention. There's going to be players that are droppable that we're not necessarily going to mention. We're just going to focus on a few guys that we think you know these might really help right now. Um, first guy has been in my opinion, the biggest surprise in this year's rookie class, but that would be Kendrick Nunn. Over the past two weeks, he's averaging 23 points, three threes, four rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, no blocks, but he's shooting 55% and 100% from the line over the past two weeks and five games. And he's getting a lot of minutes, arguably the most minutes on some games on the, the whole heat. So, that's really good to see they're just playing him a lot and uh, he's scoring a lot of points and doing it efficiently and they're like second seed in the East so they're going to want to keep uh, using him because it's working. Yeah, so if he's on your waiver wire, definitely go give him an ad. Next guy is Michael Porter Jr. on the Denver Nuggets. Really interesting guy. He's benefiting from injuries, so we don't know if this is long-term. This could be short-term. However, if you remember when we were talking about Paul Millsap in the injury section of the podcast, he might be done for the year. We don't know this yet, but there's a decent chance Millsap could be done for the year. If that's the case, you could easily see a scenario where either Barton or Michael Porter Jr. slides over to the four and the Denver utilize somewhat of a small ball lineup. Um, with that being said, in the past two weeks, Michael Porter Jr. is averaging 17 points, almost three threes per game, 10 rebounds, two assists, a little over a steal per game, half a block per game. He's shooting 48%, 83% from the line. That's 
rosterable numbers to me. Yeah, he's a rebounding monster. No one really thought he'd, um, at least I didn't think he'd be getting all these rebounds. The last six games, his lowest one is eight, and then he's going up to 14. On top of that, he's getting a lot of scoring, too. But again, Millsap's hurt. Jamal Murray's hurt. I know they're not the same exact position, but those are touches for other two players. You know, Before they were hurt, they were starters. But uh, yeah, if he's definitely out there, please snatch him up. Just It's going to benefit you. He's not going to slow down, at least as far as these guys stay injured. And, you know, just with how much talent Michael Porter has, you just got to add and just see where it goes. You know, if it falls off, it falls off. But for now, you just see where it goes. Next guy has just been shooting the lights out. Norman Powell on the Toronto Raptors. 20 points per game in his in the last two weeks. Same thing, a little under three threes a game. Uh, you know, three and a half rebounds, uh, assist and a half. Uh, 1.3 steals per game, a little under half a block. But he is shooting 54% from a shooting guard small forward. That is ridiculous. And he's starting to cut into OG Ananobi's minutes. I would kind of be concerned if I was an OG Ananobi owner because if Powell keeps playing like this, they're going to start to give him more minutes than OG yeah, but he's been really good lately, like Adam said. Um, right now he has seven points to steal as the game is currently happening. But, uh, yeah, definitely want to get him if he's out there. All right. Next guy we're going to take a look at is Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies. This uh, guy has been in our league. He's been owned and dropped, owned and dropped, and now finally he's, like, really good. It's like, come on. Like, I had him at one point, but – um. What is he doing the last two weeks here? Yeah, last two weeks, really impressive numbers. 23 points a game, almost four threes per game, four rebounds, two assists, little under a steal, little under half a block. He's shooting 47%, over 90% from the line. That's uh, some pretty good stuff there. Yeah, I wonder why he's getting all this. Like, why all of a sudden? I know he's playing, getting 35-minute games, but... I don't think anyone's injured. He's just finally the ball's going in the net. <laughs> yeah, he he's just the starting shooting guard there. Okay. You know, they got Crowder at the small forward, mm-hmm. but most most days Dylan Brooks starts at the yeah, two. Yeah, very consistent. Not a lot of zeros throughout the stats. Uh getting a lot of rebounds and threes for a guard. Uh must own right now, I'd say. At least, you know, he's on a hot streak. And this next guy, he definitely would not normally be on this list because everyone would just own him. The only reason why he might not currently be owned is because somebody's dropped him due to the million injuries he's had this year. But he's finally healthy and he's playing really well. We're talking about Derek Favors on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he's starting at center. He, like I said, he's been healthy last two weeks, which is just four games for him. Uh, you know, he's averaging 16 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, not shooting any threes, but he doesn't do that. Um, but where the value really is in favors is a steal per game and almost a block and a half per game while shooting 78%. No, that was, I said that correctly, 78%. That's not from the free throw line. That's from the floor is 78%. And He's actually killing you from the free throw line with that 54%. That and just him not shooting threes are really the only huge negatives with favors. But double-double per game on elite field goal percentage and you know over a steal and a block per game, that is absolutely must-own territory. Yeah, uh, the next guy on the list we have is Nerlens Noel, but what, he's like hurt right now? Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, he is he just had surgery on his left cheek. But the reason why we are going to include Nerlens Noel is because it doesn't change the fact that he is still hot right now. And he is a guy that I would still absolutely add if I have an open IR spot. Just, you know, that spot that I'm streaming, I just add in Noel, throw him on my IR, and then resume my streaming and then deal with Noel when I get back. Um 
But if you don't have an IR or both IR spots are full and Noel's out there, go ahead and grab him as as soon as he's healthy again because this guy is on a roll. And what makes Noel so unique is he doesn't need a lot of minutes to provide value. In the past two weeks, playing only 24 minutes a game, he is putting up 12 points, only point three threes, which is actually really surprising because he doesn't shoot any threes. So he probably tossed up a half half quarter before a quarter half was over and it went in. Just just a guess. Um, six and a half rebounds, only half an assist. But here's where we get the value: one steal per game, two blocks per game on seventy six percent shooting. So like favors, he is uh, giving you that elite field goal percentage and unlike favors he is not killing your free throw 67 percent, which is actually pretty bad but on the season noel's free throw is a lot higher so he's not really not a huge liability there and i think he'll be okay moving forward but noel another thing you got to consider too i don't think this is going to happen i think the thunder are uh, okay where they're at but if for whatever reason they were to trade Steven Adams, holy cow, Noel is probably a top 40 player rest of season, without a doubt. He'd get over a block and a steal per game. He'd probably be a double-double per game guy. And with those good percentages, the only categories he wouldn't be helping you in would be assists and threes. And, oh yeah, that, wow, I, I cannot even begin to start thinking about that (laughs) yeah so this guy was on our not list not too long ago but uh, his percentages are not good we're talking about Alfred Payton from the New York Knicks he's just been getting a lot of assists if you need assists pick him up however his uh, percentages are 43 percent from the line so that could actually really I don't know where you're positioned in but that if you already lost it sure if you need assists but 43% 43% from a guard on the line. That's absolutely ridiculous. And he's also shooting 42% from the field, which, yeah, that's bad, but it's not like a crazy, crazy bad that, like, you know, it's not in the 30s or anything. But going back, he's got getting uh, over a steal and eight assists a game. So those are two categories. I feel like assists are kind of hard to come by with uh, players when you're trying to, like, um, add for certain things. So, again, you need to be mindful of those percentages, but he will get you those assists been killing it lately and like michael said he's not for everyone he definitely fits a certain type of team but if you need defensive stats if you need assists if you need rebounds out of that point guard position he's definitely a good guy to take a look at um i think this also shows that we're not too stubborn here at habanero hoops like michael said we had him on our not list last time and he is now on our hot list this time And we'll just transition that right into a guy who was also on our not list last time, but is now on our hot list. And that is Derek White, who over the past two weeks and seven games, averaging 13.5 points, almost 1.5 threes, a little under four rebounds, 4.3 assists. But here we go. And this is what we've always known Derek White for. 1.3 steals per game, 1.4 blocks per game, 46% from the floor and 84% from the line. And that's, I mean, that's vintage Derek White. That's what made him a fantasy darling last season. And if he continues to do this, um, you know, he's a must-add guy. And, you know, the reason why we put him on the not list before is he just wasn't getting the minutes they were playing Murray too much it seems like that's starting to shift in San Antonio and Pops closing out the games with Derek White even with Murray starting I mean in my opinion Derek White is the better point guard if I mean I watch a decent amount of Spurs and they play better with White out there and he looks like the better player it's just a matter of who Pop is going to give the minutes to and if it's White I mean no question he's a must-own guy if it's Murray and White's only in that 20 minute or 20 minute a game role you know it's tough to hold 
So you just got to watch, see how it shakes out. If either of those two, Murray or White, were ever to get traded to another team where they could have a 30-minute-per-game role, both of them are, you know, they're going to be fantasy-relevant. By me saying that I think White's better than Murray, that's not to say Murray isn't good. I just think White's the better player. Both are starting NBA point guards, though, with that being said. Yeah, he's gotten four blocks the last two games. I, I don't know. I think that's kind of weird and funny. But, like, if you picked him up and one, you could really have one blocks because of that. Eight blocks in two games. <laughs> yeah, from a point guard. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a good uh, player to go into. I did not know uh, Shabazz Napier was this good lately. Man, he's a free agent here. Jeez. Yeah, his last two weeks, he's getting a lot of minutes, just shy of 30 minutes. Um, yeah, he's starting for the Wolves now. Mm. Yeah, not the most points, but overall just getting everything done with a nice uh, field goal percentage there and everything. One moment here. Yeah, one thing, too, that he's really doing, like Alfred Payton, is 7.4 assists over the past two weeks. That's really nice. Yeah, with 47% from the uh, field there with getting over a steal, um, getting over a three-pointer. Just shy of 10 points, but he's doing everything across the board. Not a lot of zeros besides the block category. But, yeah, I didn't know that he's starting. Yeah, yeah, he's been starting. Because Teague's out now. Um, not, not just that too. Um, I'm trying to think it might be Culver Mm. who's now coming off the bench. You still have Wiggins there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, with Napier. Yeah. Culver's not been doing much. I mean, he gets you a lot of blocks. He's had a block every the past six games at least. So, but yeah, nothing worth owning. I'd say. Yeah, between Napier, Akogi, Culver, and Wiggins, you know, Wiggins is the one out of that lot that is going to start and play 30 minutes no matter what. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, with Napier starting, I, I mean, I know that he's been starting. That means either Culver or Akogi must have moved back to the bench. I'm not sure which one did. I want to say Akogi, because I believe Culver is still starting. But anyhow... If Shabazz keeps starting and playing 30 minutes a game, he's a must-own player, without a doubt. All right, the next guy we're not going to dive into too far because we already talked about him, but it's Maxi Kleber with the injury to Dwight Powell. He's just going to see more minutes. He was probably already a rosterable guy in a 12- to 10-man league before this, mainly because of the blocks, but he definitely is now. You know, over the past two weeks, which some of it includes time without Powell, some of it includes time with Powell, you know, 11 points per game, basically two threes per game, five rebounds a game, an assist per game, not really any steals, but two blocks per game, shooting 49%, and hasn't missed a free throw in the past two weeks. I do wish he had a little bit more rebounds, but those blocks are insane. I mean, his lowest one's like one the past six games. But, yeah, I just wish he got a little bit more rebounds, but that's about it. Points, threes, blocks, all good. Yeah, and perhaps uh, with Powell not being there, he might have a chance to get more rebounds moving forward. We'll just have to watch and see. But uh, now we're going to flip it over to the other side of the coin, and we're going to go to the not section. These are players that, you know, you might have on your roster. I hope for your sake you don't. Or they might be players you're considering that I would either drop if you already have them or steer clear of them if you are considering. Um, First one, this is not going to be a popular take, but I am going to stand by it, is Karis LeVert. He is just slaughtering your percentages. He doesn't quite look right back from his injury. The past two weeks, only 12 points, only a three per game, three rebounds, three assists, no defensive stats. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, some of those games Kyrie hasn't played. I mean, there's no Kevin Durant still. I mean, that has he hasn't played all year. But with um, Kyrie missing a handful of games in there, I mean, you really would have liked to see Levert step up a little bit 
and he just isn't he's not really getting enough minutes either yeah if i uh, have lavert here i'm not too happy right now i'm kind of shaky thinking what do i do i I would hold but not from what i don't know Like, like adam's saying he's just not looking like himself and very inconsistent and the shooting is got to change he's just murdering your uh, field goal percentage there and you really don't want that from any player but especially one you see on the decline like this and sort of like we talked about with the injuries um it sort of depends on where you're at you know like Michael and I disagree on this Michael says hold a little bit more I say it's time to cut bait but I mean the decision's nuanced for each person if you are sitting in first nobody has a chance to catch you you know maybe you don't cut Lavert because there's there's no real benefit to it you don't need a guy that's going to help you win immediately you can deal with some of these duds and you know just hope that he's back to normal before playoff time because you I mean Karis Lavert does have an extraordinarily high ceiling he's just not he's just not hitting it right now um but on the other side of that coin, if you're fighting for your playoff life, then I think you'd have to agree with me more. And, you know, it's time to cut bait and get somebody who can help you win some games. Um, so, yeah, you just have to be conscious of your situation. And, you know, our analysis on these situations is going to be different, you know, based on, you know, based on what you need based on how your team is doing. Um, so next player we're talking about is Cody Zeller, the Charlotte Hornets. He's getting 22 minutes a game with seven points and four rebounds. Yeah, he's getting a steal and block, which is nice, but listen to this. You have your center, power forward, getting under five rebounds while shooting just shy of 40%. He's shooting 39.5% from field goal the last two weeks. That is not what you want from one of your big men. And I think part of it, too, is Charlotte is finally throwing in the towel. They're just playing the young guys more, and Zeller's not part of that young core, part of that young future. And it was a nice ride with Zeller earlier in the season. But I just think with uh, how he's playing right now, it, it's it's just too hard to hold. And, and you know, there's going to be better options out there for you. Um all right, this next player, it's a little bit of injury, but it's also a, a little bit of inconsistency. Um, we're talking about Jay Crowder. He is currently hurt, but that doesn't really affect things. He's probably a drop either way. Um, in the last two weeks, in only 23 minutes a game, he is averaging a little bit under four points per game. Yeah, in the last four games, he's totaled 14 points. So why are you having that? I mean, yeah, he's getting a decent rebound, but that's a uh, stat, that's a category that everyone can kind of get anywhere. You're not going to pick up a guy for averaging six rebounds a game. So, um, yeah, I would hope you don't have him on your roster. Yeah, rebounds and steals have really been the only thing he's been doing recently, and he's actually shooting under under 20% in the last two weeks. So... Yeah, it's that's really tough to hold Crowder right now, and he was a fringe guy anyways. But I think uh, based on this recent performance, you got to cut bait. Um, next guy, he would have been an ad a lot of places two weeks ago with uh, the announcement of Blake Griffin having surgery. Um, but I think it's time to pump the brakes on this guy, and I actually I do not think that. Uh, he's really a rosterable guy in a 10 or 12 man league. So yesterday on a Saturday, Detroit played uh, Brooklyn and went into overtime, extra playing extra minutes. Yeah. He only got two rebounds. That's it. Zero assists, steals, blocks, two rebounds. That's all he did when the game went in overtime. So there you go. Oh yeah. I should have mentioned, we were talking about Sekou Dumbaya for the Detroit Pistons. So yeah, no, you, you got to cut bait. And also the last two games, he scored a total of 10 points. Really not doing anything much. Sure, he'll give you seven rebound a game here or there. But again, rebounds are not where anyone can get rebounds. What's his name? Um, Shea Gildas-Alexander. How many rebounds did he get the other day? 
Oh, I think it was 20. 20 yeah, so like it's a very easy category, but no. Uh, this guy was really good, like Adam said. Uh, everyone, like, I saw that he got picked up in our league, and I was a little annoyed because I kind of wanted him. But um, this happens a lot where people go on hot streaks, and they eventually fall down to where they were. And uh, it looks like this is where he's going. Yeah, and I think uh, if I was interested in adding somebody due to Blake Griffin's injury, I think I'd be looking more at Christian Wood than Sekou Dombaya right now. Um, but, you know, who knows? We could be wrong. Um, all right, next player, and I think we talked about him last time, but, you know, we'll just hammer it home because he is significantly over-rostered in a lot of leagues. We're talking about Gary Harris of the – the Denver Nuggets over the past two weeks, a whopping six points per game, uh, no threes, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, half a block, uh, not even shooting 40% and did not attempt a free throw. So uh, pretty bad stuff from Gary Harris. Uh, hate to see it because you know he's a really good player, really good guy. I just don't know why he has not been able to put it together in Denver this Especially year. Especially with uh, Jamal Murray out. You think this would be his time to shine. I don't understand 12 points in the last two games totaled. Man, the guy gets minutes. There's really no excuses here. So you definitely should not have him on your roster. You simply just shouldn't. There's better people out there. However, I still feel like he could maybe go off at any point because he has that potential that's why it's so frustrating and weird to watch this now he's giving the green light you know his part starting point guards missing time he should be able to step up and he's simply not doing it so I'd keep an eye on him just to see you know potentially what could happen but as far as lately yeah get him off and to me if if he can't do it right now when Murray's hurt it's it's just not going to happen this year and you just wonder if it's going to take a trade for Gary Harris's career to be revitalized. It's just weird because I had him last year, and he was great. Like, I valued him. Like I wouldn't just trade him for nothing. It was a lot of fun. And I guess whoever drafted him this year initially is not happy with the results. All right. And this next player is uh, Isaiah Thomas, Washington Wizards. And... It's it's been very up and down with him this year because there have been times where um, you know it looks like he's like he's he's back. It's the old Isaiah Thomas, and there have been times where it's been just really bad. Um, and right now is one of those times, but he's also not really getting enough playing time right now. I think that's the big issue. Yeah, it's the playing time. Just uh, twenty one minutes per game. Uh, yeah, he's scoring ten and a half points. But he's not really giving you a lot of assists, um, not a lot of rebounds. He is making two three-pointers um, while shooting 48%, so that's good for him. Uh, a little over two and a half, two uh, turnovers a game. And uh, from the line, 66%. That's not good for a point guard. Um, if you have him, uh, I don't know. What are you, you going to do with that? I don't know. He's has potential, but like if he's on my roster, I'm not going to be you know thrilled about. like When I see him playing, I'm not going to be – Oh, here we go. I'm kind of be like, oh, okay, like here we go. Yeah, he's he's just not doing enough. And those categories that he's traditionally been really solid at, you know, points, three-pointers, assists, and free throw, it's it's just still not there. And, you know, if he can't even hammer down those bread and butter categories, it's just you can't hold. It's it's too tough. Um all right, these next two players, I'm going to lump together because we're pretty much going to be saying the same thing for both these guys. We're talking about Tyler Hero, the Miami Heat, Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz, and it's just because they score. They don't do anything else. The only categories they are going to help you in are points and maybe threes, you know, um, but they're not good field goal percentage guys. I mean, if they do get to the line, which is almost never, they'll hit your free throws. But since they don't ever get to the free throw line enough, that good free throw percentage isn't ever enough to really make a difference. Um, yeah, Tyler Hero and Jordan Clarkson both significantly over rostered just because they score a lot of points. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think I don't think you can really hold them. They just don't offer enough. There's no defensive stats, no assists. 
not really any rebounding. It's just there's not enough there. Yeah, I've seen a lot where player uh, teams like fantasy people they um, win points as a category will still lose the week. So people always it's a very fancy category, but do not. Um, overlook it it's really just one category in the end defensive stats are the most rare and they're the most valuable i'd say so that's something that a lot of people overlook they see someone done a scoring tear but they don't do anything else kind of like um what's his name jj reddick gets threes and points and that's literally absolutely it yeah yeah jj reddick is, is very similar to both those guys and you could argue that jj reddick's a roster role guy but he does it to a scale that's a lot that's a lot higher than Hero or Clarkson, you know. Hero Clarkson are in that like, you know, twelve to fifteen point per game range, whereas Reddick's in like that fifteen to eighteen point per game range. And, you know, he's hitting over three threes a game. So in my opinion, Reddick's a little different. But those two players have this a similar profile and if it's not just at that extreme scale like reddick it's not worth holding on to next guy troy bound excuse me troy brown jr washington wizards it just scott brooks has no idea what to do with the wing minutes on that team you know some days he'll play 30 minutes some days he'll play 15 some days jordan mccray will play 15 minutes and some days mccray will play 30 it just you know they, they there's no consistency with the minutes there in washington and so it's really tough to hold on to troy brown you know if he gets minutes he's good but if he doesn't he he's it's, there's just not enough there and you know with the inconsistency inconsistency with the minutes only 23 minutes a game over his past five games you know it's it's tough to hold yeah it's kind of confusing if you have him because you don't know what kind of uh, Troy Brown you're gonna get is he gonna be the guy that gets you 19 points or is he gonna be the guy that gives you nine points and three rebounds? And it's all tied to the minutes. Yeah, so it just certain players you want to be aware of what the coaching and roster is like with the certain positioning because clearly it makes an effect um, on a player like this. All right, the next player. This one's gonna be unpopular, like Levert, because of the name. But it's been we're at what now? Fantasy season started in September. Uh, no, it started in October. Um, fantasy season started in October. It is now January, and Aaron Gordon is still doing absolutely nothing. And at this point, you know, we've had periods where Vucevic's been hurt. Uh, we've had John Isaac out for a while now. Um, DJ Augustine, even that there's some usage that is hurt. And Aaron Gordon still just is not doing anything. Yeah, he's doing – I. here's the thing. It's slightly underperforming. He's definitely – I don't think he should be in the free agency by any means. But if you have him, you kind of want a little bit more. Um, not the most defensive stats. He's getting not even one per. It's under one – 0.7 steals, only a half a block. But, I mean, he gets you rebounds, but I kind of agree with Adam in the end. You expect more. He's getting all these minutes, uh, 32 a, a game with just under 14 points and seven rebounds. I just kind of want a little bit more from him. If I have him, I'm not you know, pissed off at him or anything like that, but I don't know. I just want a little bit more. Oh, see, I'm I'm dropping. There's no oh, way. Wow. There's no way I'm holding Aaron Gordon right now. Over the past two weeks, not even a steal per game, not even half a block per game. He's shooting you 58% from the line, only five rebounds, and a little under 15 points, but I mean – to me, it's just like Clarkson or Hero. He's just a score, and there's nothing else there. Yeah, but he does get some rebounds. Yeah, he has zero and three rebound games, but you can also, if he ever got eight, nine, I wouldn't be surprised. If I see him in the free agency, I'm going to pick him up reluctantly. It's really because of the name, but that's because I think he can bounce back at any time. But I definitely see concern if you have him. Don't get me wrong. And I suppose that's fair enough. All right. And so now we are going to preview the upcoming week in fantasy basketball. All right.
right, now we're going to preview the upcoming week in fantasy basketball, which runs Monday, uh, January 27th through Sunday, February 2nd. Yeah, so uh, teams with only two games this week are Indiana, Minnesota, and Orlando. So those uh, towns uh, towns owners out there, that's not something uh, that you love hearing, only playing twice within a matchup. So that's a little unfortunate for those teams. Uh, teams with four games, so you're going to see a lot of these players, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Houston, so Westbrook and Harden have a lot of fun there this week or not, uh, Sacramento, Toronto, and Utah. So maybe Mike Conley might bounce back. I don't think so, but you get this whole matchup in four games to find out. Um, and then everyone else is just a basic three, nothing crazy. You know, teams like Golden State, Philly, Milwaukee, basically any other team I didn't mention before. So uh, those are the things there. Uh, All right, and if, if you are looking to stream in some back-to-backs, what are the back-to-backs this week? Like every day. Oh, but the teams at least. Um, Monday, Tuesday, you got Cleveland, Dallas, and Miami. So I know a lot of people are uh, Sunday night are already getting on that. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Memphis and New York. Wednesday, Thursday, middle of the week, you're finally establishing what you have in your categories. Uh, Sacramento and Utah. Um, so there's no way. Ariza's on uh, Blazers now. My bad. Never mind that. But Thursday and Friday, you have Denver and Toronto. Friday and Saturday, the weekend ones, uh, Brooklyn. So a little Kyrie back-to-back action there. You have Dallas, the Los Angeles Lakers, which would be interesting this weekend, and Portland. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, there are no back-to-backs. Usually there aren't. So uh, take advantage of that Brooklyn, Dallas, Lakers, and Portland on the end of your matchup this week. All right, and that'll do it for the weekly preview. We're just going to close things out with a who would you rather have. Right, and for today's Who Would You Rather Have, we are going to do Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose. Michael, who would you rather have, Reggie Jackson or Derrick Rose? Give me that RJ taking Reggie Jackson all day. He just got back. He's already showing some uh, promising stuff. He's getting has four steals in his last two games, two and two, uh, 22 points, 14 points. He's a starter. I'm loving it. Give me Reggie Jackson, even though he didn't play yesterday. Besides his whole back issues, if he's playing, he's hot, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Interesting. So I would take Derrick Rose. I just love you know, that MVP potential that Rose possesses. He may never get back to it, but he's just been a really solid player the past couple years with Minnesota and now Detroit. And, you know, he just he doesn't quite fully look back to where he was with the Bulls athletically, but it looks like he is starting to get some of his athleticism back. The shooting's gotten a lot better too, and I just like what I've seen out of Rose more than I have with Jackson over the past couple of years. Yeah, but Rose, I think I personally think he's going to be traded by the deadline to uh, someone who's actually going to compete for the f- title. But I don't know if that's going to hurt, make him worse or better. But I think his best spot of fantasy value would probably be on the Pistons of what he's been doing. I don't like the unknown out there. Um, funny enough, Adam, actually uh, another member in our league, he uh, scooped up Reggie Jackson as soon as he found out that he was healthy. And some people were annoyed because they wanted him. They're like, oh, I wish I would have got him first. And Adam chimes in saying, I'll bet you $5 that Reggie Jackson doesn't score at least 20 points again. And the guy took it rightfully so. So <laughs> I'm really curious. That's a really funny bet you made there. Yeah, and this was after the 22-point game, so I haven't lost that bet yet. But I'm just not a big believer in Jackson. I think he's a decent shooter. I just don't know that he's a point guard. I don't know that he's who you want running your offense. I mean, if I'm Detroit, I don't know that I'd trade Derrick Rose. Maybe see what you got there. You know, Blake Griffin comes back next year. Don't trade Andre. Give him that extension. And, I agree. You know, Rose, Griffin, and Drummond, you know, maybe you got something there. I agree. I mean, yeah, they're not winning games now or anything, but it's kind of like the whole white side thing where his stats are so good individually, but they're not, you know, getting the W's of the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've been tra- I'm not, like, rushing to trade him, but I've seen every day that rumors are just getting stronger and stronger. So, I mean, if he does get traded, I just don't like the unknown. If he goes to the Lakers, I mean, 
what who's to say he's going to get a lot better or worse. I don't know. We know what he's doing right now. I like it, but I don't like the unknown out there. And Reggie Jackson, I feel like I'm, I know what I'm getting. Yeah, well, if he were to get traded, Reggie Jackson's oh, value yeah. probably would explode because mm-hmm. it would just be him and Bruce Brown. They're getting those point guard minutes. But I would see them keeping Rose, and if they do, I definitely like Rose more moving forward. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm taking Jackson by a hair, but for all the uh, reasons of questioning the future. So we'll see. It's a gamble. Who would you rather have? All right, and that will do it for today's episode of Habanero Hoops. Anything else to add, Michael? Uh, not really. hope everyone had a good matchup. Uh, we're coming close to the end of the season here, kind of. Have a little a month away. I know everyone's a little bit different, but... Everyone, just note your players, what they're averaging is probably sustainable, what they're going to get besides the few players we decided to highlight today, and we will continue doing so every weekly. But uh, yeah, just um, Sunday night, hopefully you moved up in your standings, and uh, I think that'll about do Yep, and you know we'll definitely have another podcast out next Sunday. Who knows, though, maybe we will sneak a little mini-episode in during the week. Um, but... That's all for now. You listen to the spiciest fantasy basketball podcast with the hottest takes, Habanero Hoops. Until next time. See ya.